right, Tony. Nobody's safe. Nobody's safe. Nobody's safe. Soon as we step out the cage, we raising all of the stakes. Make no mistake. Either you stay in your place or we put in you on a plate. Look at our face. We put the fear in the dirt. We had to struggle for change. Pick up the pace. We put in infinite work. That's why we stay getting paid. Y'all running late. We moving on to the next. You still been stuck in the Welcome to episode 3 of Meeting of the Gold Mines. Last week we discussed criticism versus hate. And one thing we hate are jazz fans. We're not talking about the music. No, no, no. We hate Utah jazz fans. Now we don't hate them the most. We reserve that hate for the Boston Celtics. Because it's always fuck Boston. But the Utah Jazz are a special breed of nothing. What have you ever accomplished besides having your best point guard were net huggers? Donovan Mitchell got tired of your shit. You must really suck when not even Rudy Gobert want to be around you anymore. Kaka. The best thing to happen in Utah are the orgies that takes place every year during Sundance Film Festival. But that's enough about you you know rhythm having fucks. We got a lot to talk about today. Magic Johnson is now a commander. Christian Wood is still undecided. And we are getting our Greek on talking about alphas and betas. Tony is adding some pepper to his mojito as he pisses off Knicks fans. KB is at the casino betting on the purple and gold. King got plenty of answers. The too bad he doesn't know the questions. Zen is plotting how to get rid of Miranda from and just like that. And Alan is learning how to say go fuck yourself in German. But as it stands, the way you behave, I feel I can speak for the entire office. What I tell you? Go fuck yourself. Normalerweise würde ich sagen, geh und fick dich selbst. Tony, you did it. You really, you really, you really fucked up, Tony. You really fucked up. Um, People, folks, hell has frozen over. Tony, Tony, um, I don't know if he put a roofie in my drink. I don't know. Tony took advantage of me, and I kind of liked it. I, um, Tony got me 6 a.m. West Coast time to watch an F1 race. And f- I cannot fucking believe I'm going to say this. I actually enjoyed it. <laughs> um, I, what the, what the oh. fuck? You know, first of all, I want to give a special fuck you to NASCAR, you know, because it's like the white trash of just like the of the racing industry of the racing sport because I always thought NASCAR and F1 was the same thing so I'm like why the fuck would I want to watch that but then when I said oh wait there's only 70 laps 
He was like, yeah, not 500. Oh, shit. So, Tony, you know, there's there's people that have accomplished some great things in my life. But you getting me into F1. And I guess what? There's another race in seven days, and I'm looking forward to it. Can't fucking believe it. So, Tony, just want to give you your flowers and can't believe it. And you didn't even have to paint your toes. Thank God, because that was never going to happen. So <laughs> yeah. that was really never going to happen. Well, good for you. But you know what, folks? I want to introduce everyone here. This is episode three of the Meeting of the Gold Mines podcast. Um, and we are your purple and gold mines. You heard his voice already. We got the, he is at Bald Mojito on Twitter. Is my purple and gold mine brother. Look, he loves ass. He loves titties. But the first thing he will always ask a woman is if he could play with her Texas instrument. That's how he, That's how much he loves numbers. It is Tony Vega. What's up, brother? T, 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 oh, shit. What's the... TI-81, was it? Or 82? Oh, my God. What was it? I, for, I, for, I forgot my calculator now, knowledge now. Yeah. No, man. Appreciate being here. I, I wasn't here for the first, for the second one. Uh, Daddy duties. And, you know, it's, it's, it's this thing, man. Like, you have availability for a moment, and then you kids said, say no. So, but yeah. yeah. All good, man. Actually... I'm actually pretty surprised that um, uh, I'm actually pretty pretty surprised that we had that F1 experience, which I'm not gonna lie, I had negative expectations, and it was pretty positive. So, yeah. And if hey, if anybody here watching this, hearing this on all the platforms available, hey, we we are now doing some playback on them so join up absolutely i can't believe it is 7 24 west coast time and i have said on sunday evening as we record this and i have said f1 more times today than i have said f you to someone can't believe it it has never happened uh speaking of daddy duties he wasn't here last week but we got through but i'm glad he's here this week it is my Jamaican brethren, brother, purple and gold mines brother. He is at Chasing Number with the A, not an E-R, with the A, folks, not an E-R. Big difference. He, has, he is at Chasing Number 18 on Twitter, soon to be X. It is the Context King. What's up, brethren? I see you on Daddy Duties. Yeah, he was just... Uh blowing up at his mama so I had to come in and save the day. Um yeah so uh so with our uh Mamba month coming up I know Evans already uh Kobe is his goat. Just looking at some of Kobe's moments, he's ready to remove my 
put Jordan on that number one spot. I don't know if it's just the nostalgia of watching it and seeing the moments in him having four straight 50-point games or him averaging 40 for a month or just the fact that he's a five-time NBA champion, two-time finals MVP, 19-time off. I mean, I could go on and on. So, yeah, that's in. I would say by the end of August, um, I'm going to make a decision if I'm going to remove Michael Jordan and put some Okay, well, if you don't know what he's talking about, folks, Purple and Gold Mines, we, so we are recording this on the last, uh, no, actually, second to last Monday of, uh, I mean, yeah, you're hearing this on the second to last Monday of July, but for the month of August, August 1st through the 31st, every single day, we are doing a month-long tribute to the one and only Kobe Bean Bryant. Uh, it is called the month of Mamba. It will be across all of our social media platforms, um, Twitter, threads, Instagram. We'll be having nightly watch parties um, throughout the entire month on uh, Playback. Uh, that is playback.tv slash PGM Fan Cave. Um, August 1st, uh, we're playing, since it's 8-1, we're playing the 81-point game. Um, then we have 62 points and three quarters. We have 65 against Portland. We have, um, the two gold medal games. Um, we have his last, last high school games. We just found, um, the game, his first 50 point game where he dropped 51 in December of 2000 against the Warriors. It was a classic game because both him and, and Antoine Jameson scored 51 that night. Um, so yeah, we, it's called the month of Mamba. It's going to be dope. Uh, we have, we're actually working on a special project called, um, a love letter to Kobe. Look folks, it is dope. Please keep in tune. Keep, uh, keep a lookout for that information coming soon. But last but not least, we got a special guest, but we really consider him one of our brothers. Speaking of a zaddy, cause he is a zaddy. It is Evan Moore of Late Night Lake Show. Uh, one of, like I said, just one of the most decent, foul-mouthed people you'll ever meet. Uh, Evan Moore, what's up, brother? Welcome to Meeting of the Gold Mines, officially, because you were here for a preseason episode. But you're officially on the podcast, man. Thank you for joining us. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. This is a lot of fun. Appreciate it, appreciate it. So, fellas, it's been an interesting week. Anyone got anything interesting uh, on your purple and gold mine? Well, I'll tell you. I have something interesting. <laughs> so, this was a fucked up week for me. So, look, anyone that knows me, Sons of Anarchy is my favorite show ever. Look, I'm not saying it's the best show. It's my favorite show. I absolutely love it. I can rewatch it. I'm probably sometime since, you know, there's a writer strike and actor and, you know, the actors are striking as well. No shows are going to be coming out soon um, for the fall season. So I'm probably going to do a rewatch of all of Sons of Anarchy. So they had a, the spinoff Mayans MC. The fifth season was is the final season. The, la the, epi uh, the last episode was this past Wednesday. So what? I'm a three 
I'm four days removed from that bullshit. Worst series finale. Worst ending to a show, movie, podcast, um, cartoon, video game that I have ever seen. Just like the amount of plot holes that it had. It was like unbelievable. Unbelievable. Worst shit that I've ever seen. And look, shout out to the actors. They performed and, you know, they're on the front lines. Uh, Shout out to the writers. They're on the front lines. But this ending was fucking horrible. So, fellas, I'm going to ask you, what's like the worst ending to a TV show or movie that you have ever seen that you're just like, yo, what the fuck? Evan, what about you? I'll go first. Yeah, like worst one for me was Signs. That that ending is the most insulting as a viewer or just if, if you like writing, if you like stories at all, that that ending is like the worst like slap in the face you can possibly get. Like it he does this amazing job of building tension for 2 hours to turn it into this Oh, fuck it. All you needed to do was swing away with your goddamn baseball bat to kill this fucking alien. Like, fuck you, M. Night Shyamalan. Wow. Fuck you forever. I hate that fucking movie. Wow. That, look, I've never seen it. The whole Once once I saw it, it was like, oh, we're talking about what, crop circles? I was like, I'm good. I was like, I'm good. Uh, Wait a minute, you've never seen it? The I've never seen it. So good, with like all this great tension building, and then it's just like, mm, mm, like oh, fuck you. Well, I get th- that ending, but you can't discredit the fact that they really—it was a very good movie in creating tension. Like it was, the yeah, up until the goddamn was, ending. Yeah, you still <laughs> have to stop the movie. It's it's, it's great up to that point. So Tony, <laughs> what, what, okay, what what ending to a TV show or movie just pissed the fuck off? Oh, mm. so I got two because I just I just finished a series on Prime and I was like, this is this is god awful. Um, the so the movie one is the Mist. So the Mist okay. was was very like all that like all all the process in terms of like okay like we're surviving we're surviving we're surviving. And then they're in the car and it's like, yeah, we're we're just gonna die and there's only three bullets. So let me let me kill everybody and then I he's the guy that survives and it's like what? Oh <laughs> you just killed your kid. Like what are you doing? Like literally if he waited five minutes more, <laughs> they would have all been saved. Like it's I don't know, it was that was a very crappy ending. Like I was like, what's the point? Like, I there is a point I just didn't appreciate it, and the, and the TV show is actually, I don't know if you heard of it, the Citadel. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I'm fine. Uh, Jesus Christ, that's that's probably the worst. Uh, it, so it's spies and all that, but that ending, like, so wait, I I, I don't know. I won't spoil it, but it's just. There's so many. It's like, it's like this movie. It's like they met. They trying to ma- uh, match up a telenovela and a freaking spy movie together, because every single time there's somebody backstabbing somebody else, and then somebody else backstabs somebody else, and it's like, 
how can you do that to me? And how can you do that to me? And it's like, oh my God. And I mean, oh, how do you do that to me again? Oh, and you do not forget this time again. It's like, oh my God, Jesus, how many backstabbing moments can you have in the series? It's only six episodes. Like, <laughs> it's like, it's it's insane. Like they were averaging, I think, three backstabs per per episode. Like it's it's kind of nasty. But mm. um, but yeah, that's that's uh that's me. Yeah, well, like I said, uh, I was fucking pissed. Like the ending was just so bad, bad. And you know the fucked up thing is, throughout the season, throughout this fifth uh, fifth season, it's like they kept like opening up new storylines, right? New relationships, and it was like, okay, at what point? Like you know, you, it's ten episode season, and it's like up until like episode six, they're starting new storylines, and it's like, okay. When are they going to start slow, like start closing some things up? And they just kept opening and opening and opening. And then it's like they like the main the main antagonists for they're pretty much an antagonist because you know they were fighting against the sons of anarchy. And this war has been brewing for three plus seasons between the two clubs. And it was just like it ended in a small bar fight. Like, really? Like, what the fuck? Anyway, do better. Do better, folks. Um, but look, obviously, we're in off-season mode. Not much happening in the um, across the league. But, um, you know, Lakers, 14th, um, 14th uh, slot is still open. Who gives a fuck? Like, I don't – like, it's been three weeks. It's been three weeks. I don't genuinely give a fuck at this point. We signed someone, if it's Christian Wood, if it's Bianca, I don't give a fuck. Does it, do any of you guys at this point, are we still, like, what are we waiting on? I think we're waiting on Christian Wood. And I think, like, yeah, I think we'll hear about it, like, that first week of August. Like, whether or not he's going to sign with us or not. But, like, he's he's trying to milk this for anything he can get. But it seems like nobody's going to offer him anything other than the minimum. So that's what the wait is, it feels like to me. And it mm. feels like we are waiting for him. And then if we don't get him, we'll pivot. So that's that's what I see. And also, like, I also got a little bit of um, skin in the game here, too, because I got to bet with Tony. Because if we get Christian Wood, he's got to put up a Dennis Schroeder profile pick. But if we don't, I've got to put up a Dennis Schroeder profile pick for three days. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna wow. I'm gonna miss that German national. Wow, wow. What's the like, what's the German word for shit? I think it's shyster. But look, <laughs> hey Evan, you just said something. You said milk. Speaking of milk, now I'm about to bring up someone that he appreciate milk because it's an ingredient in milkshakes. He appreciate milk because <laughs> it's an ingredient in cheeseburgers which he just there's a video of this guy picking up four cheeseburgers in a club. And we're talking about <laughs> James Harden. He I guess he's he's starting to put on the fat suit. Now uh like I said we're recording this Sunday evening. So yesterday Joel Embiid, his current teammate with the 76ers, don't know for how much longer, um got married. And all the team a lot of teammates were there. James Harden was nowhere to be found except in a video at a club in um, Houston 
and in the video he's picking up four cheeseburgers and and the thing is i know those cheeseburgers are for him because look i want to ask you tony if you go if you in a group of friends and if you james harden in a group of you guys goes to a club yeah there goes the video now Mm -hmm. if you guys go to a club with james harden one two (laughs) let me so let me ask you tony if you and and James Harden and two of your buddies go to a, a club, right? Is James Harden going to be the one fetching the food for you guys? I mean, yeah, probably not. Probably not. No, not really. No. <laughs> yeah, he's not going to be the one getting the food. So those those that tell me those burgers are for are for him. And yeah, I I'm actually going to Texas this um this upcoming week. Uh, I am looking forward to trying out those Trill Burgers. So I don't blame him. I don't blame him at all. But it's like, come on, man, four. Like, and he and he grabbed them individually. So at what yeah. point was when he grabbed that? Yeah, and he kind of stops one. at three and like <laughs> yeah. you know, thinking about the fourth one and like, oh, I don't. Yeah, I'm taking the fourth one. Yeah, one for the road. One for the road. So yeah. it's just like. Yeah, but uh, we found that funny. Um, what else is some uh, other NBA news? Um, today, Sunday, as we're recording this on the 23rd, um, the NBA approved um, Jordan selling the, uh, the his majority ownership stake in the, um, in the Hornets. Um, I'm a Jordan guy. King is a Jordan guy, at least for the time being. Um, there's a lot of folks that says his ownership tenure, which we know it sucked. No success. No conference finals. Did they even win a playoff series in his tenure? Mm, no. I don't think so. I don't think I don't they won think a so. playoff. I don't believe they did. So, do you guys think it affects his legacy? Like on the court legacy no. as a player? No. Yeah. I personally don't. Like, yeah, I, I, I don't buy into that kind of garbage. Like, because, you know, like, you know, magic has, you know, come in and, you know, kind of muck things up in the front office. And like, nobody's talked about that affecting his legacy. Like, yeah, I think I, and like, to me, those things should be separate anyway, because they're, they're separate ventures. And, you know, just because you're a great basketball player doesn't mean you're a great executive and vice versa. Like there's, so there shouldn't be a comparison. And, you know, it's also, you know, there's so many factors that go into all of that that I think you can't just put place the blame completely on him. Also, you know, it's, it's a difficult job to own, own a sports team. Yeah. And, and look, yeah. Uh, of course, you know, one of his all time worst draft picks, uh, Adam Morrison, um, what was it? That was what? Oh, seven, Adam Morrison, Oh, six, Oh, seven. So, you know, he had some, some blunders, but it doesn't take away, like it has nothing to do with him as a player. Like it, it doesn't. Like, um, but speaking of another owner, a person became owner, um, Magic Johnson, the greatest point guard ever, Mister Showtime. Um, he just be, he just added another uh, title, and that is Mister Commander. Um, NFL just approved um, his uh, ownership, um, you know, uh, the the sale of the Washington Commanders. We know 
a lot of the shit that was going on with Dan Schneider. He, like, you know, the funny thing about the NFL, they, before they approved the ownership, uh, the, the, before they approved the sale, they also fined him $65 million because they did an investigation and he was like withholding, he was withholding funds from the other teams. Like, you know, when, you know, the, the income that they all share, some sexual harassment stuff. So it's like, yeah, we're kicking your ass out, but we're going to take, you know, you're going to, we're going to keep 65 million, but, um, magic. He, uh, he, he owns, um, you know, he's part of the ownership group of the Dodgers, part of the ownership group of the, um, commanders, but we know where his heart lies. Um, his heart still is, still is in LA. His heart is still with the Lakers. Um, you think you guys think magic, you guys think magic should own the Lakers? You think he will be a good owner of the Lakers? Um, Evan, I mean, like sentimentally, (laughs) sentimentally, um, like, you know, there's part of me that like, you know, would like it, but like, you know, his track record, as an executive has not been great. So yeah, I, I, I would be hesitant, but like, but I also do want, you know, more athletes, you know, former athletes and especially more former black athletes to be owners because, you know, representation matters. It absolutely matters. And so like, you know, like I said, I'd like him to be, but like at the same time, like, you know, I'd like him to be able to let, you know, people who understand basketball be in charge, you know, not to say that, you know, that's not, that's not the best way, but people who understand how to work the front office better be in charge, you know, because he understands basketball, but there, there were a lot of front office like fumbles when he was, you know, when he was, had his fingers in a lot of stuff. He did get, he did, he did get LeBron and he did that. The framework of the framework of the NBA deal. I think, I think LeBron was going to come here regardless. So I think that's arguable. He could have gone to the Clippers. But go on about the AD deal. He could have, LeBron could have gone to the Clippers. Uh, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like, I don't believe that for, for a second. Well, like, well no. this, this is what I'm saying. The, the fr- now, we know that Magic put together the framework of the AD deal when it was going to be like a trade deadline deal. And then it was the Pelicans owners that said, no, 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 no. You guys are trying to fuck us over. AD just demanded a, tr- uh, demanded a trade where he's, we benched him. And now you guys are just trying to get what you want right now. And pretty much was like, hey, you're going to have to wait. And then about time the AD deal went down, that's when Magic was like, I'm out. But this deal, the deal still happened that he put together. Um, you know, LeBron, uh, Magic has been very open and saying, hey, when we sat down with LeBron, um, you know, said, hey, this is a game plan. We got the young guys right now. Year one, uh, you're here. Year two, we're going to get you AD. So it was part of, um, it was part of like, he had a plan that ended up coming into fruition. He did say, hey, according to interviews that he's, that he's done, hey, he told LeBron, hey, year two will win a championship. Something that they've done. Um, I think 
with Magic, if we look at his track record as a businessman, um, he's done well. As a, you know, look at the Dodgers. Not too long after they, you know, so he hasn't owned them. Can we put some long. context to it though? Because I put feel some like context. I, I feel I feel you're gassing the shit out of him. <laughs> like you're gassing the go ahead crazy shit out of him. So the Dodgers, he only he only invested two percent. Okay, two percent. When he's and that was after he sold his shares. So I'm looking here at, at the document. Basically, he he bought he bought 4.5 percent of, of of the Lakers in 1994 for reported 10 million. Then he sold the stakes in 2010, and then afterwards he invested uh, 50 million, uh, which amounts in 2012, which amounts to 2.3 percent. And right now for the now, when you say that, you say into the Dodgers or to the Lakers? Uh, so I'm saying that no. So he basically sold his shares, his 4.5, mm-hmm. and then he, which is amounting, what is it here? Like, uh, it's amounting to a reported. I mean, he sold he he bought it for 10 million, so. Sold it in 2010 when it was reported nearly six billion. So I imagine he probably took a good chunk of money out of it. So it's basically what tripled the price, four times the price of his investment, maybe. So again, like it's a great business move. He recoups his his cash. He then reinvested into the Dodgers. The Dodgers then then balloons up to a to a what a fifty million dollar uh, fifty what it's. What's his net worth right now? So it's supposedly the evaluation now ranks Jesus Christ at four point eight billion. That's the second most valuable MLB franchise. So he he does invest. He's invested into winning franchises. I get that. I understand that. But Magic Johnson has only been two years as the Lakers VP or. President of basketball operations, or, or, or whatever you want to say, but to say that he is the architect, that he's the the like, I think he had a hand on it, but I don't think that it was like entirely on him. Like you, you're painting the picture to be like it's completely like this is my baby, I created it, and then I left my baby to Rob so he can nur- 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 nurture it. Like that's not, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's right. Like that, it just doesn't make sense. Because then, why then why leave? You know. Well, lots of lots of like you know we know the bullshit, or we know up according to sources of the bullshit between him and Rob, and it's also a family dynamic. I just magic as an owner of the Lakers. I think one there's a sentimental part that Evan was uh, talking about, but then it's like he knows the game. He's the greatest point guard ever like can we ever say that okay someone knows the game of basketball more than magic you know so why did he trade Subak for Mike Muscala and all those moves up until all those moves no no that's that's his move he specifically went on air and said this is the reason we wanted to do this because right. he was pushed to it, and he and he went on air and basically said, "We wanted it because of this reasons." Basically, he, he went on air and basically shit it on Zubak, hmm. and look what happened. 
Okay, so you got me there. Yeah, just just saying, like he's not like again. You're painting a picture that seems unreal. Like I I get it. He's and it's more sentimental, but not in the realm of reality. Like the evidence more most shows that he he doesn't handle the pressure. He really doesn't. Like if 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 he really wanted to handle the pressure, he would have never done the first take shenanigans. He would have never done all of that crap. Like. Why bother? Like he basically is the most. He's probably more egotistical than even Genie to a certain extent. Just saying. Well, sorry, Magic. Tony only refers to you as yeah. Urban. We love Magic, but you know, like he's he's a great businessman and philanthropist, but he's a subpar, you know, NBA executive. You know, and I I, I love Magic to death, and like. You know, I would love for him to be owner, but I just don't want him, you know, in there with like day-to-day operations. That's that's my take. All right. Okay. Well, hey, Magic, I'm rooting for you. Uh, you'll do a way better job with the Commanders or whatever the fuck the team name is now uh, than Dan Schneider. So Red I think. Wolves. Yeah, Red Wolves. So um, hopefully you'll be able to turn that franchise around because I would say, hey, if you can just uh, piss off Cowboy fans, you're uh, good with my book. Um, But, yeah, after we get back from uh, this commercial break, we got uh, personal personality traits of the NBA. This is going to be a good one. See you on the flip side. Have a nice day. Hello? This commercial is sponsored by Zen's Infused Treat. We ship to all 50 states. The person on this commercial are genuine and not paid by Born Rebel or any of his affiliates. They are not pressured to share their experience or be part of this commercial. For any question, please contact Born Rebel on Twitter. PGM is not responsible for any negative comments, monologue, tweets, or mentions from Zen Infused Treats Incorporated. Hello, everyone. Evan Moore, writer for the Late Night Lake Show here. I'm not only an old head basketball fan, I'm also an old head stoner. I've been in love with Mary Jane for over three decades and a medical card holder for about the past six years. I not only know weed, I live weed. So when I tell you Zen's treats are absolute fire, I know what I'm talking about. Most dispensary edibles are designed to help people sleep, not get people high. Zen's edibles are no joke. They even get a hardcore stoner like me high. I have PTSD and IBS, which makes me an everyday user. Now as an everyday user, the psychedelic effect of weed is very muted. It's practically impossible for me to get too high. I often joke with friends that I'm permanently one toke under the line. Oh, sweet Jesus. Now, it's a problem sometimes, though, because I love watching movies when I'm high. That IMAX countdown intro is the shit when you're nicely toasted. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Now, Zen's edibles are perfect for an old-ass stoner like me. 
So, you know, all these years of smoking didn't go to waste because now I'm going to help some of you rookies understand how to dose. Dosing is different than smoking because body chemistry can change the effects. Smoking on an empty stomach will give you roughly the same results as smoking on a full stomach. Eating an edible on an empty stomach, on the other hand, is not advisable unless you aren't going anywhere for the next six hours. So unless you're an old pro like me, make sure you eat something else first. Secondly, some things you consume can heighten the effect. Fatty foods help you absorb more THC into your bloodstream, and papaya also contains an enzyme that helps heighten the effects. So just be aware of what you've already eaten before you take them. If you're concerned about getting too high, and if you do end up feeling uncomfortably high, all you have to do is lay down and put on some music. You'll be fine. Don't clog up the emergency room with your paranoias. The medical community is already dealing with enough bullshit as it is. Lastly, start small and be patient. Cut the edible in half, quarters, or even into eight equal pieces to start with. I know it's hard. These edibles are really tasty. Now, the effects usually take an hour to take the full effect. So that's where the patience comes in. Shout out to Zen for making some good shit. His edibles are now my go-to for movies. Eat them with lots of brisket and papaya if you're like me. Weed us day. The weed in my blood recognizes the weed in yours. The weed in my blood recognizes the weed in yours. Um, hey, shout out to Evan for that lovely commercial. And Evan, I know you got some stuff in the canon, and I cannot wait for you to, uh, you know, get that out there because, man, it's going to be some funny-ass shit because who doesn't love weed? Who doesn't love sports? Why not combine the two? Um, but, and real quick, folks, if uh, that, that ad, you know, one of the many things we do with Purple and Gold Mines, we also do our own sports marketing. So uh, if you uh, need an ad, um, you know, we produce and we distribute. So just like weed. And no, that's not funny. But anyway, um, we make our own ads in-house. So please, you need any type of promo, hit up Purple and Gold Mines. Um, but yeah, we got an interesting topic, guys. Um, you know, earlier this week I was thinking about, man, interesting topic would be alpha versus beta. I started to do my research. Then I realized, because, you know, classic personalities, who's the alpha, who's the beta, something we always speak about in sports. And then I did my research, and I realized that there's six personality traits. There's alpha. There's beta. There's gamma. There's omega. There's delta. And there's sigma. So how does that translate to the NBA? I wanted to explore that with you guys. Once again, we got my brother, PGM brother, Tony Vega, holding it down, uh, one of the gold mines. And we have very special guest, Evan Moore of Late Night Lake Show with us. Um, so what I wanted to do, guys, I wanted to just break down these personalities really fast. And then we'll get into it because, man, it's a lot there. So first is Alpha. Alpha is dominating and charismatic. 
Uh, they're the born leader, understands his or her's priorities, and always utilize their time. Beta, modest and easygoing. One would say the ideal spouse uh, works a lot, but overshadowed by their peers. Gamma, introverted and super sensitive. The yes person at the office has big plans, but lacks determination and focus. Um, Omega, skillful and self-sufficient. The odd one in the wolf pack. Laid back, not chasing success or money. There's Delta, modest and hardworking, wants attention but can't get it, works hard but unable to draw attention. I would say Sigma, the last one is Sigma, super smart and extremely attractive, the manipulative mastermind. They are ambitious and their own boss. And that's a lot there. We have it on the screen, uh, those who are... Watching us on YouTube, uh, it's on the screen. But guys, I want to get into this. Um, so in terms of NBA, right? I'm start off with you, Evan. What would make a player an alpha, beta, omega, you know, any one of these traits? What would make them fit into one of these traits? Well, you know, like the alpha... To me, it's the one who, you know, clearly takes charge is like, you know, usually a leader and usually a vocal leader, especially in basketball. You need to be a vocal leader. You need to talk on the floor. And so, like, yeah, the alpha is the one, you know, who usually takes takes charge and is kind of directing traffic and trying to be the floor general, so to speak. And that that to me is the alpha and like the beta would be, you know, like the good compliment. So, like, you know. Like a good, good example of a good alpha beta that worked together for me was, you know, magic and worthy, you know, like worthy was a perfect beta that like, you know, was happy to do his job, you know, and be on the side, be, you know, be the Robin kind of, you know, and then, you know, um, gamma, um, gosh, uh, it's hard to read that with my glasses here. Trying to remember. Um, so gamma is introverted and super sensitive. The yes person at gotcha. the office. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So kind of the, the introverted ones. So like yeah, the you know the the contributor that you know that just also just shows up and do their job. Like you know, like I think like Austin Reeves kind of like might be a good example of a gamma. You know, kind of just cool. you know mm. the good contributor there. Interesting. Um, and then, you know, we've got, yeah, like, and so, like, you know, you can see, like, when you think about all of these things, it's easy to kind of, like, think about players that kind of fit into those molds, I think, you know. And, yeah, I I, I think that, you know, what you were talking about with, like, you know, whether alphas can work or not together, like, you know, that's a, you know, that that's, you know, it, it can be done. Like, we've seen it with, like, Kobe and Shaq you know, and Magic and Kareem, but it's also, you know, and even LeBron and D-Wade, you know, arguably. So, like, you know, it's it's possible, but it's also, like, kind of short-lived and potentially volatile. Well, 
we, we're definitely going to get there because we're going to definitely explore some of the personality traits of like you know the the dynasties throughout the history of the league. But let me ask you this, Tony: um, Who would you? What are some of the characteristics of like an alpha? So what I mean by that, like what I've noticed in the NBA, like the guys that are an alpha could be an asshole could be sometimes could be volatile um maybe high maintenance as well um what do you think what you, like with some of these personalities so in my opinion as an you know an alpha, an NBA player that's an alpha, first off, they don't call themselves an alpha. Second, they call they they call themselves winners. Like they call themselves like whole no bar, I'll drag this team, I'll drag you. Like they are the voice and the force of the of the team to a certain extent. Like I like like in a pretty prototypical alpha is like I mean, to a certain extent, like, I, I don't want to use these, like, uh, it's it's difficult to kind of go through players because you don't know exactly who is an alpha. But, for instance, like, just going back back to the, back to the recent play- playoffs, like, you saw how, like and I'm gonna use our fa- our favorite chain our favorite California team, but like the Warriors, that team in my opinion was total. That, not not total. That team was Steph Curry. That team was 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 him to a certain extent. They had no business being where they were to to a certain extent, but he forced. He like what I'm trying to say is like he willed the team, right? Especially like you can see that in the game seven. You can see that even after after they won, like the speeches that they do. The uh, there's a lot more nuance to it, but basically, on the court, they'll execute, and also in the locker room, they'll get it together. So they are so they are the voice, and to get and to give it more towards the Lakers, like. Honestly, like that should be LeBron James. Um, with, without a doubt, like he is, he is the vocal. Like he should be the vocal. Um, and yeah, like to a certain extent, we kind of saw that even in the playoffs. Like he was trying to be the alpha. Like we saw even the last game that the Lakers played, like thirty points. He he was like, I'm gonna unload everything. And I'm strictly talking offense, but I'm just saying like. When you see that they're trying to fuel the team, that they're trying to basically say, like, I'm going to kick you until you respond. And if you don't, at least I tried and I really like because to a certain extent, that's what an alpha is, a leader that's trying to will their team to will the players, motivate them, get them to where they want to to execute the game plan. So that's kind of like the, the biggest characteristic, like they have to be focused, they have to be vocal. And they kind of have to be, to a certain extent, not not really an asshole. Like, there's a lot of assholes in the NBA. Like, 
but assholes don't necessarily mean that they are an alpha. Like it, it there's no, there's no, I, I don't think there's no justification. I feel like it's more like there's a characteristic to it. It's like one track mind, like one single track, like an, an, an alpha would basically be like, why am I thinking about the off season? Why am I thinking about other stuff? I'm thinking about this kind of characteristic. Like I'm, I'm focused on this. Like, why should I? And there was a story. I think there was um, Mike who said it in, in, in one of our playbacks and Evan, I'm going to use you to see if it's true. Like, when um when when Pat Riley kind of uh, was the Lakers' uh, head coach and basically said like hey he, he like he didn't allow um, family to travel like he like he had the he had like that that, um, that locker room straight and to a certain extent like they look to like they look at at, at Cap they look at certain players to be like hey you are you are the leader like it's 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 like to a certain extent, the culture of the team is 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 fermented by the coach who's an alpha and a player who's an alpha, and they both kind of jive. Like I feel like that's the connection. Does, does that make sense? Center, am I? Am... Yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense. I definitely see it. Um, yeah, it definitely makes sense. Evan, you want to uh, chime in? Oh, I'm, yeah, I was just saying I, I agree totally with what Tony was saying. And, yeah, like, um, yeah, Pat Riley did really do that. Like, you know, he he really had the control. And the other thing about the alpha for me is that, you know, like this, all of this stuff, like, you know, derived from, you know, a guy who was studying wolves. And, you know, the, the one thing about the alpha, even with wolves, is that if the alpha is not stable, if the alpha is not like, you know, steady like he won't lead the pack you know somebody else will dethrone him basically and so like like i think even in basketball like to be a good alpha you have to be that steady one too so like you know there are all all kinds of guys that try and be the alpha and you know can't you know can't handle the heat in the kitchen a lot of times you know like like i think i think james harden is a good example of that um you know so, like, you know, to be the true alpha to me, like, you also have to be, you know, that stable. You have to be that one that they want to follow. You know, you can't just, you know, it's not about, like, barking orders and, you know, being strong. And, like, it's it's about, you know, them wanting to follow you because, you you know, you know what you're talking about kind of thing. Absolutely. Well, now we know, you know, me make some great points. Now we know in the history of the league, you only can pick a handful of teams who won a championship that didn't have two Hall of Famers. You know, you may look back at the Raptors, what, 2019? May um, The Trailblazers that won in the 70s. Well, I know Bill Walton's in the Hall of Fame. Did they have another Hall of Famer? Uh, I'm unsure. Um, you know. But to be, wait a minute. But to be a Hall of Famer, does that mean you're you're an alpha? No, not I'm not at all. Well, I guess what I'm saying is, do, can two alphas lead to a championship? And the reason, like I look at, like we talk about Shaq and Kobe, 
Okay, like we're going to talk about the dynasties in a minute, but we look at Shaq and Kobe. Yeah, now you did have an age difference. You did have Shaq who was like, okay, that's the little brother. And Kobe's like, no, 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 no. You're not my big brother. So you had two alphas. Now, they won three straight championships. I also, I also, shout out to Bleacher Dave. I was, uh, me and him was uh, messaging back and forth earlier before recording this. And he's like, man, I'm still pissed about Shaq and Kobe because they would have won so many more championships. But by that time, by the time it imploded, Kobe was at a point was like, no, 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 no. I'm top dog or I'm or I need or I, I'm going to be top dog somewhere else. And the decision was made. But, you know, we saw it imploded as Kobe grew into his own. Um, does someone always need to bait, need to be the beta? Because, Evan, you uh, you said it earlier when you're talking about James Worthy being that beta to Magic's alpha. Um does someone always need to be the beta? Because right now we're dealing, we see with our Lakers, um, even though I'm not a hundred percent sure. And we're going to, I'm going to say, uh, you know, I'm going to ask the question in a minute. I'm not exactly sure if LeBron's an alpha, but he's positioned as an alpha, but we know Anthony Davis, according to the chart, because what does the chart say uh, when it comes to beta sensible and reliable, which, okay, minus the injury, he is. When he's on the court, sensible and reliable. Uh, he's trustworthy, would say that. Supporting, he is sweet, caring, and supportive. He's definitely a supportive person. Um, I would say Anthony Davis is a beta. But does someone always need to be the beta? I don't think so. I don't think so at all. Like, I think, you know, for the two alphas to coexist, there does need to be some give and take. There does need to be some respect between the two of them, you know, because like the the two best that, that I can have the example for is Kareem and Magic. Because right. they made it work for, you know, a decade and they've got five championships to show together for it. So like, you know, to me, they're, you know, they made it work and the way it worked in my opinion is the fact that um because of the age difference there was a respect from the other they didn't they didn't like each other's styles but they respected each other's games and that was that that's what made that work so and yeah Shaq and kobe you know had had the conflict because they really didn't respect each other's game you know, like it really came down to that. When you when you boil down the Shaq and Kobe beef, it's really, you know, Kobe just basically thought Shaq was lazy. That's that's when you boil it down to its basic essence, you know. But Evan, do, do you really agree that the, but do you agree that Shaq yeah. and Kobe to a certain extent they didn't value the championship? Like the like think think about it this way. If they value the championship more than their beef or their disrespect to, to each other, like that could have actually tied into more championship. Like, like, there's, oh, absolutely. Like, because like they were never having a common goal. They were more individualized. So if anything, mm -hmm. they were, they were the epitome of two alphas just 
just basically clashing to, to together. So kind of sucks, really. Yeah. And like, yeah, I've always kind of looked at them as just they it worked out because the two of them were just such unstoppable forces on the court. Not that they were, you know, the greatest, you know, combination necessarily, but they were just both absolute unstoppable forces. And yeah, like, you know, that clash between them, like it, like I said, it just still boils down to that basic essence of, you know, they just didn't respect each other's games. And like, you know, if you don't respect each other's games, like, yeah, it's, it's hard to make it work, you know? And, you know, cause there's always going to be that kind of seething, like underneath, you know, everything that you guys do of just like, I just, I don't trust you cause I don't trust your methods and your styles. And like, you know, so that's, I, you know, like I always feel that about Shaq and Kobe, like, you know, there could have been so much more. And like, I've even made like a strong argument that they they really could be underachievers, you know, because we never really saw their true peak of them like meshing together and, you know, being being like the great team as opposed to these great unstoppable individual forces. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Well, 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 let me I want to explore this because so when we bring up you brought up Kareem and magic you brought up Shaq and kobe and the first thing and we were talking about alphas that coexisted but the first thing i'm thinking of is there's also a significant age gap between both duos so is it now it's easy to say okay you know what yeah that that little brother the little brother so referring to magic and kobe yeah they're alpha because of the age gap they also know that a i'm the old dog Okay, their time is going to come. We're going to hand off the reins to them at some point. They're next in line. They're the heir to the throne, but there it's not their time yet. So, is it a thing where alphas? Does there need to be an age gap for the alphas to be to for two alphas to be able to work? Because when I look at, so let's look at like LeBron and Miami, right? That first year, it didn't work. When I'm talking about LeBron, D-Wade, and Bosh. Now, at first, it was a big three. Then Bosh automatically became like the the beta. Or you can even, if you want to really think about it, he was uh, probably the Omega. Um, so he was like, it all. Or all even the be, Delta. But, but, even yeah. the Delta. Yeah, even the Delta. So, yeah, he definitely was the Delta. And so it became a big two. Now, after they lost to Dallas in, in uh, 2011, Dwayne Wade was the one that said, hey, I have to step back. I have LeBron has to be the number one for this to work, and I'm the number two. So it seems that Dwayne Wade, who was the alpha in the locker room, it was his team before LeBron got there, it seemed like he voluntarily made himself a beta so LeBron could be the quote-unquote alpha. Um, so, like, does it need to be, like, does it need to be, like, an age gap for two alphas to work? Like, because I haven't seen where two alphas that are close to the same age made it work. Like, we we just saw, we just saw, look, look at Westbrook and LeBron uh, for a season and a half. 
I would say Westbrook is definitely an alpha. Uh, you can say maybe LeBron's an alpha too. Um, and it didn't work. Their play styles wasn't, they weren't able to have their play styles mesh with each other. Um, you know, is wait, is Westbrook really an alpha? Well, I, like in this chart, I kind of pegged him as a sigma. Like he's proud, he's charismatic, he tries, he tries to be the, the high achiever. He's headstrong and kind of unique to a certain extent. I think, I think, um, I think LeBron's, I think LeBron's the Sigma. Well, you know, here's an interesting thing to think about guys. Like, you know, like people in life, you know, kind of like, don't think of these things as like kind of a person is set in this way. People can travel through these archetypes. You know, there, there are people that, you know, have gone from beta to alpha or, you know, even Sigma to Alpha. And like, if you think about it, like Westbrook, the best way to describe him is a Sigma who was an Alpha for a good period of time when he was in Oklahoma State. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I look, I look at the, I look at the Bulls teams of the 90s. And you have the Alpha in Jordan because he was dominating, but he was charismatic. He was the leader. He understood his priorities, and he always utilizes his time. He has anyone take done more with their peak, or accomplished more with their peak than than Jordan? Uh, I would say the beta of the team is Scotty. You know, we saw it in the last dance. He was the modest one, the easygoing one. Um, you know, and even legacy wise, he got overshadowed by Jordan. I mean, Kareem, to a certain extent, you can say that he's done more in his speak. Just saying. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think with so if we look if we look back at the dynasties, right? We look at the we look at back at the dynasties, like so let's look at the Celtics of the sixties. Let's start off there. That was the NBA's first dynasty. You can say it was the greatest dynasty. Who was the alpha? Who was the beta? Um, of those squads, I would say Russell was the, the alpha of that squad. Um, you could say Bob Cousy was probably the beta. Um, or was he, or was Bob Cousy more of a no? Havlicek was the alpha of that team. You oh, you say Havlicek, okay, yeah, so, yeah, okay. Rondo was the guy who made that, that team run from what everybody says. Like, you know, I've I've only watched highlights, but like. Yeah, like you, you can tell that he's the he's the playmaker, you know, him and Bob Cousy. And yeah, and like, you know, he's the one, he's the engine because he's the he's the one who can score all the time. And you know, Bill Russell is the defense. Basically. So he's probably so Bill, but he was also he was definitely a proud person. He was headstrong and unique. He was a high achiever. So I guess that would qualify Bill Russell as the Sigma. Yeah, he was more of a sigma. I think what well, that's one thing great about this conversation. We're learning that you know what there is some overlap between an alpha and a sigma, uh, and you know not every person is actually well uh, um, is not an uh, an alpha if they even though they may think they are. What are you saying, Tony? No, it's just I think you're you're missing also a point here, which is kind of like the stigmata of this, because like we kind of live in a society where. You're if you're the alpha, you're like this 
this immovable like you're you're this force you're the leader you're the dictator you're the you're basically on top on the pedestal and the beta and 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 excuse me for my word it's kind of like well you're the bitch like, <laughs> basically it's and and it's just it's just societal it's just what it what it is in in life what a lot of people who are narrow-minded kind of think of and even in twitter you kind of see it constantly 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 or sorry x or whatever it's called now but you know just saying like it's 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 this thing where i never knew like this conversation i, I never knew there was more than an alpha and a beta like now there's a gamma and omega and a delta and i think it can continue onwards but to a certain extent like there's a big point to what evan is saying too that i i kind of agree with like we do we do an injustice kind of like putting a profile to the like and we, we do this to lebron we do this to even the greats and even when they decline it's like you're an alpha why are you not being an alpha why are you not scoring 40 points why are you not doing this what are you not doing that and it's kind of like we put the bar so high that we don't like it's it's a it's a career it's it's a timeline like he there's gonna be a period that there this it's 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 the journey like you basically turn and, and we've seen it with LeBron now more than ever. It's like now he's not on ball. He's more looking for his shot. He's being a bit more passive. He's being a bit more like what? So what is he a beta? Is he a sigma? But it's a certain extent, like like it's in the tail end of his career. So are you going to qualify him as just an overall beta an overall sigma? That's, that's kind of like, like, I kind of believe, like, to a certain point, like, that 2020 championship, in my opinion, we had two alphas. And we had two alphas in their, kind of like in their proverbial, not not peak peak LeBron, but probably the best LeBron in a Laker uniform we've ever seen. So, just saying, like, they were both on that type of level during that run. So, and that was both... You saw it in their motor. You saw them in their in their tenacity. You saw it in their locker room presence, in their in their leadership. Just saying that they, they kind of showed what that level of 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 being an alpha, and to a certain extent, this year's championship too. Uh, ch- champions, Denver Nuggets. They kind of the, Jokic is an alpha with all the. Uh, and honestly, he's he's an alpha or. A sigma, like he's a combination because he's 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 a joke. He's he's weird. He's weird, yes. but it yes. works. He's so weird, but it works, and it kind of motivates and operates as an alpha. But he's so weird that it doesn't show it. And then you have Murray, who's like should be this this alpha, but he's like he can flip the switch at any time. But he's this constant leader and voice in that team. So you technically on the on the age, you have both of them that kind of mesh perfectly. So just saying, like the the point that we haven't seen it, I think we have. It's just sometimes time does this to us where we're evaluating differently. Well, I got another weird team to bring up with legendary team that it'd be interesting to see where where they fall in. Tim Duncan Spurs. Like, I don't look at, like, is talking about the greatest power forward. 
That's a great one. I was I wanted to bring that one up because yeah. I look at Tim Den Duncan as like a delta, and yeah. he's a delta that can be an alpha. Yeah, exactly. You know? It's like is he is like we're talking about the greatest power forward, five time NBA champion, uh, what two time MVP, like you know, uh, just 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 excellent, just. You know, Tim Duncan, like he's probably, well, he has to be, I think he's definitely in most people's top 12 of all time as but a player. Isn't that the effect of the coach though? Like, like I, I always wonder with yeah. this team, like, like it's, it's, it's the alpha, like the alpha is the coach. Like if there's, if there was ever a prototypical team, that's just like team driven, like team oriented, like. And and maybe I'm wrong, but I never seen Timmy as an alpha. I never seen Manu as an alpha. I never seen uh, Tony Parker as an alpha. Ka- Kawhi was 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 a duck, you know, just just a kid. So I don't know. I never really. It's it's that's that's kind of like the prestige of of uh, of of Pop of Coach Popovich. Maybe am I am I missing something there? Um. Yeah. Uh. I it's. Yeah. Uh. Greg Popovich is definitely an alpha. Um. But like like I said, I think Tim Duncan is the greatest Delta. Ever. Like we're talking about a a legit, superstar. That um, all-time great player, all-time like great achiever, winner, but he's also unassuming. You can say even borderline boring. Like we didn't really appreciate his greatness until later in his career. Always consistent, maybe not necessarily the vocal leader. Um, I think Tony Parker was probably more vocal. Uh, you can even say Manu was probably more vocal than Tim Duncan. Um, so I think that definitely shows that you don't necessarily need an alpha to win, but you but he's also still a great leader. Um, you know. Um, well, no, you you do. He's, it's just not in the court. That's that's all it is. Yeah, there's more more ways more ways than one to skin a cat. But like, yeah, the alpha is usually your best bet. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so wait, so wait a minute. If what about what about that Dallas scene? Like Dirk, wouldn't he be like the second greatest alpha, uh, Delta? I don't know if Del. I don't know if Dirk was as unassuming and introverted as. He's- Tim Duncan. I mean, he was, he was, he was vocal. He's pretty, he's, he's pretty close. I mean, yeah, he's a little more vocal, but like, yeah, like he's, he's still kind of, you know, like close to the vest at least, you know, like we don't really like, you know, know a lot about him. I feel like, you know, I feel like, you know, from that extent, like, you know, he's not quite as, you know, maybe, um, you know, quiet and, you know, obviously introverted as as Tim is, but like I feel like he's definitely introverted. 
and, you know, a very private person. Yeah, very, um, very true. Very true. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, can I, can I lay down my agenda for a second? Go ahead. It's just agenda time. So, so it's agenda time, right? Because like, this is the, the Tony agenda section or, or how I used to call it the, the, the BS section, but, um, you know, do you want to guess who are the two betas who think they're alphas, but they're kind of like just kind of uh, like the So I would say Kevin Durant is going to be one of them. No sir, no sir. Okay, we're go not, ahead. We're, we're not in that wavelength. Um, we'll, we'll get to Jason Tatum. Tatum. Jason Tatum and 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 Brown. <laughs> and and here's and here's Dude. my. And, and 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 here's my point because like that team for then again we're we're purple and gold lens but I can take out the lenses and, and and let me do it for just for just the props but that team had like Tate I, I I make this joke about Tatum and 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 Austin Reeves I I totally like it's a hyperbole it's it's for fun course Jason Tatum the 611 or whatever 612 or 615 or whatever he is right now like that dude is 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 superior than Austin Reeves I, I get it but the reason why Austin Reeves kind of has that that dog in him that that extra umph that you don't see in Jason Tatum you don't and to a certain extent you don't you I don't know if it exists in in in, in Jalen Brown like that's my. That's the problem of that team. Like they, they're consistently like, they're there. They're like, take me over the line. But there's nobody that could definitely has that alpha DNA. That's like, let me let me take you to the promised land. Let me force this. And to a certain extent, I thought that they're alpha, and people are gonna say, nah, maybe not. But it was Marcus Smart, and they traded him away. So. Just saying, to a certain extent, the the leader, the vocal, the strong-willed one. Who is it gonna be? And I, I kind of, it's it's this thing that Jason Tatum is probably the the NBA's most complete. Like he has he has a great bag. He he has a great um like physical attributes. <coughs> Excuse me, skills skill set wise. Three-point shot, shot making, um, layup package. You can say it. But where is that? Like, where is the next level in terms of like, let me, let me not not only ceiling raise, let me floor raise and carry this team. And to a certain extent, let let, let me lead by example. And Boston fans are gonna be like, no, he has done it before, blah, 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 blah. In the season, that doesn't count. In mm-hmm. in from from the from from certain playoff games. That doesn't really count. A, a game two, Mm-mm. game three, not really. Oh, game seven, he he did it. Yeah, but does that was that game seven gonna win you the championship? Like to a certain extent, he has not proven that, and that's kind of like where I'm like, it's it's agenda time, but at the same time, like the reason why I always pick Austin Reeves over Tatum is only because of that, because there's just that it that it factor, and until he shows it. And that if factor just fits into the alpha. 
Well, so this is the perfect time. This is uh, our daily reminder to, you know, to all of, to everyone that, hey, it's always fuck Boston o'clock. Um, but look, so Tony, let me ask you, are you saying the lack of success that Tatum and Brown has have had in these last couple of years, playoff blunder, uh, blunders, you know, we saw them lose, come back from 0-3 tie a series against the Heat only to lose game seven and completely fold at home. Um, you know, completely fold at home. Do you think that's a personality issue? I think it's a, I think it's a locker room issue. I think it's, it's a, it's, it's when your coach is not an alpha. I think that's, that's when it happens. When you don't have a particular star that can create his shot and be like, let me carry you here, or let me like it's it's just late game execution, like not in game, like in game that first he can have a, a great first quarter, great second quarter, great third quarter, but I don't know if you remember, but those four quarter he's like, like you know that John Travolta like, like just looking around like where like where are you at. Like, that's exactly what Jason Tatum was. And I'm not saying that the defense wasn't doing anything or it was lack of success. It's just there's too many times that same scenario has happened. And more times than not, he hasn't really performed. Or, like, you see this team trying to, like, hey, help us. He either doesn't see it. He There's something, there's something more to it. But I, I don't. I don't know, but that's that's the problem. Like, if you're down 0-3 to Miami Heat, why are you down 0-3? If you look back at that game, like, he has some atrocious fourth quarters. Atrocious. Like, not even there. Like, you basically four on five. So, does an alpha allow that? Does a coach who's an alpha allow allow that does your running mate who's let's say for bulls comparison you're scotty peepin or whatever you want to call him does he allow that because then like brown is also a culprit like of just like breaking shots after shots after shots and like hey do something more like here's here's the part are, are you intelligent enough to kind of like if this is not working what's working if this is like what's what's next so yeah, you could say it is it is success or lack of success, but it's also like in the moment where the opportunity is there if, if, in front of them, they don't execute. It's, it's as simple as that. Okay. Right. Well, let's go to another because, you know, before we really go down, before we really, you know, talk about the Lakers, you know, the current Lakers, I want to talk about the Warriors. Draymond, Clay, Steph, he won four championships. Um, a combination of skill, tremendous skill. On uh, you know, they they all bring unique qualities from a basketball perspective. Also, personalities. They they found a way to make it work. Now, Steph, folks. If you guys watch the game of basketball, Steph's the greatest shooter ever. 
I'm sorry. Like, stop it. Stop it. Um, Clay, to me, to my opinion, I think he has the greatest heat index in the history of this league. When when he gets hot, it's supernova. Now, does it happen as often as it used to? No. But if he ever gets to that supernova element, whew, I don't think there's ever been anything hotter. But then you talk about – then you look at uh, Draymond, who – Draymond is like unlike the other two guys. Draymond can have a triple single and be extremely effective in the game, you know. But and Draymond is always the vulgar, uh, not excuse, not vulgar. Well, that too, but he's also he's always been the vo- uh, vocal one. So, out of the three guys, where do they fall in line with these personality traits? They found a way. They have made it work. They've been to five NBA finals. Um, where do they fall in line with the with the personalities? Uh, you first, Evan. To me, like when I look at that team, I see two betas and a gamma. Um, you know, Clay and Steph are the two betas, and um, Draymond is the get the gamma. The, you know, the tactful. And clever one like you know he's he's kind of the you know the engine that kind of runs that you know motion offense that you know that they that they work off of so like yeah like like we were talking like i said earlier there's more than one way to skin a cat and you know that's that's what's always been kind of interesting to me about that team is that i've never felt like that was an alpha driven team so you know like yeah the Two betas and a gamma is what I see. So you say two betas. What? Hold on. Repeat. Say that again, Evan. Two betas and a gamma. And who is who? So Clay and Steph are betas. And Draymond is the gamma. Like, look at those traits. Goal-oriented and intelligent. So Draymond is a gamma. So we say he's the the superb planner. And well, he's, tac- he's tactful, tactful and is probably the doesn't informative and clever, goal oriented and intelligent. He's definitely those. Well, I mean, he, he did oh, his way man. to a contract. So the same. I you, know, you could maybe argue that he's a sigma, but just the way he plays on the court. Like I feel like he's the he's the planner. Like you you know what I feel. You know what I'm saying. Um, and then and then the beta would be Curry because he's trustworthy, he's supportive, he's sensible, yeah. both, he's both like disturbed, Clay and reliable. Steph. So he's got he's got two betas basically. That like yeah. But so the thing is with Curry, I kind of have him as an alpha. Like before, like before. Last season before the championship, I kind of had him as a prototypical beta in terms of like he could command the locker room, but not to a certain extent. Like that is a very Spurs esque kind of system if you think about it. It's it's not it's not like one star driven. Like the offense does it does revolve around Steph. It does like in terms of like the motion offense is like caters to him, but it's not to a certain extent like how can I say this? Like his characteristics, his, his qualities as a person 
it's more net it's he's more he's more shell like it's just who he is it's it's like he, he's very competitive but at the same time he's very like if you're an nba player you're all competitive that's why i kind of have i kind of cross out the competitive when i do this analysis because if you ask every nba player they're probably going to say that they're an alpha everybody's going to say that they're they're the dog or they're this or that but just saying like with Steph though he's matured enough and he's like they don't win they don't do certain things like that that prototypical trip that they had to go to Sacramento to win that game 7 like that kind of like changed my mind in terms of like yeah he's not he ain't he ain't a beta like he's he's an alpha with the speech, like he doesn't speak too much, but when he does, he commands the floor. He commands the the. Just saying, like it shows more alpha qualities than it does beta. You know, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I just yeah, you know, right, I, I I see more of just you know what I'm talking about is just kind of playing style, and but yeah, but I I, I do hear what you're saying about yeah about the leadership off the court. And yeah, I, w- I would agree with that. And that's, that's a good argument for him, you know, being so, so I think, you know, probably he's, he's a beta who's capable of being an alpha is probably the best way to describe it. Describe Steph. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely with you guys on that. Um, let's talk about some Lakers because we are the purple and gold mines. Um, and by the way, please shoot us a follow. Um, can find us on twitter instagram the reds um and youtube at purple gold mines gold mines is gold like the color mine is like what should be inside of your head m-i-n-d-s purple gold mines at purple gold mines across once again threads twitter instagram and youtube let's talk about some lakers um Is LeBron an alpha? Yes. Yes. I think he's a sigma. <laughs> I think he's a sigma. Um, when okay. I think of al- so, yeah, why, 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 why? No, why, 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 why is he a sigma? Okay, well, we agree there's some overlap between alpha and sigma. So he is proud. He is charismatic. He is a high achiever. He's opinionated. There's only one king. He's unique. Now, headstrong, huh? That's debatable. But the way I, when I think alpha, see, I don't, with the, the part where I say I'm leaning towards Sigma, uh, part where I says, uh, where, where I'm worried about what the Sigma is, with the alpha, there's that dominating, dominating and strong-willed. That is something where I don't see with LeBron. Like I see that with Kobe. I see but that he's with- definitely a rock star. I mean, well, well, of course, he's definitely a rock on. star. Wait a minute. Um, so to go through the injury that that he went to to come back like that to play through the, through it, like wouldn't you call that strong-willed? 
Mm-hmm. And also yeah. dominating, like dominating yeah, he's, where, where he's typically the best player in his squad on any given night. Like, I don't know. Um. So we're, I see the reason. Okay. Mind you, we're talking about personality traits. So with Sigma, see, the thing is, when I think of Alpha, I'm thinking about Kobe. Like, I'm thinking about Kobe fucking growling on on with his fucking mouth, sticking his mouth out. I'm thinking about Jordan slapping the shit out of Steve Kerr. And, you know, like, yo, wake the fuck up. I'm thinking about. Okay, so who's who's an alpha? Like, just think of the alphas because you, you, you name okay, two. I'm, alpha, yeah. Okay, so are we talking about today's NBA? General, just, just uh, to get general, an idea. Okay. Just to get I'm an idea thinking, from, yeah. Okay, I'm thinking about, obviously, I mentioned Jordan and Kobe. I'm thinking about Bird, Magic. Um, you can also say Dream. You can also say Akeem. Um, I'm thinking about that's who I'm. That's who I'm thinking about when I'm thinking about alphas, like those guys who are, you know, also like some assholes. Like when it comes to just like winning is the end all, be all. Winning is the main thing. Um, there's something maniacal about them. LeBron to me is like, hey, we're gonna do movie night at the house, or you know, everyone have their own customizable handshake. Um, and you know, uh, that's I, I think it's more towards Sigma. I think, even you know LeBron has a somewhat of a little passive aggressive type of way about him. Where Kobe, Jordan, you can even say Shaq, they were direct. You know more, even more so Kobe than Shaq, but they were direct. Like you know, LeBron can you know give decoded message sometimes that you have to decipher. That's why I'm leaning towards Sigma. Even like. Maybe I would say this, 60% Sigma, 40% Alpha. Uh, I go 80-20. You go 80-20. 80, 80, 80 Alpha, 20 Sigma. I actually, was, go, oh, wow. I actually go 60-20-20. What's the 20-20? Gamma. Gamma. Ah, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, Goal-oriented. I, he's a super planner. Tactful, informative, clever. Yep. I mean, but even even to the majority of his career, he wasn't alpha. Like there are moments in his career that you can even point pinpoint. Like if you're talking about right now, I can still see him as an alpha. Again, we got Taco Tuesdays. We got some of his like mm-hmm. LeBron is funny, but at the same time, like, and that could be why you're putting him as a sigma. But at the same time. He is like when you think of the rock star, he is the rock star currently. Yep. Like, like there's just no if, as, or buts. He is that. He lives that lifestyle. He is that lifestyle. If you're talking about strictly like 
because then because how you painted it was like mamba mentality like it's it's you're a dog like i'm gonna f you up kind of kind of kind of mentality like you're not my friend i am gonna i am going to i'm gonna go to your court and i'm gonna dominate and i'm gonna be the best player kind of mentality and there's few in between and in today's nba that's a rarity you know like it's a extreme rarity like who when today's NBA really fits that mold? Honestly, even though I would say at its peak, I would say probably uh, Westbrook. No. You don't think? Wow. Okay. No. No, no, no. No? No. Okay. And and, and this is not a disrespect to Westbrook. I, well, of course. Again, no disrespect to, 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 to Westbrook, but how, how I define it is basically – I'm gonna go there with ill intent, and I there's only one person actually that comes to mind. Giannis, not even that guy. Who? Like, Giannis is literally the definition of Sigma. He is the best Sigma. Okay, okay, I can see that. I can see that. Like, he, he loves the media. He loves because he doesn't really have that. Because he doesn't really have that that out that asshole part of him. No, he doesn't. He's it's not part of his, yeah, of his fabric. Yeah, he like kind of shuns the you know, he's not a rock star, he's not the yeah, like yeah, he's charming and he's intelligent, but yeah, like I don't I don't see him as the as that, you know, that stereotypical alpha at all. Yeah. You know the guy that reminds me, and we kind of saw it only not not only in his offensive game, but just how he carried himself, how he basically left to the team. Like Jimmy Butler, like now that's an alpha to me. Jimmy Butler's an alpha. Um, I don't have a pro- like. I feel like that's that's a given. Yeah. Now, yeah. but now but that mentality, like he went to like think of what he did and how he trolled the other team, how he yeah. acted, how he was. Like that's the closest to that era of like I'm gonna f you up, kind of. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. I want to get to Jimmy Butler in a second um, because I want to bring up Dame. But, you know, as we finish off with the Lakers, let me ask you this. We just talked about LeBron. Can AD become that alpha? Can he become an alpha when once LeBron leaves? Because right now I put him at a, as a, as a beta. I put him as a beta. Yeah, I am. A, I have him as beta. Why do you have it as beta with this, with this table? Um, he's sensible. He's supportive. You can say he's caring. You can also say he's, and I mean this in a respectful way. He has a sweet personality. When I mean that, like, not really an asshole, fun-loving. You can say he's a he has a fun-loving element to him. Um, when he's healthy, he is reliable. He does his job. Um, so, and then he's also not, he's going, and he also goes with the flow of who's the leader. 
you don't see anything where he's clashing with LeBron. Like LeBron sets the tone, he follows suit. Um, you know, he's not demanding of the ball. He's not demanding of being a focal point of the offense. We have spoken many times in our on our you know daytime lake shows Twitter spaces that you know not necessarily aggressive, not necessarily assertive. Um, so I that's why I put him at the beta for now with LeBron there. So do you think he could be an alpha? Do you or or let me ask this question better? When LeBron leaves, because what he's he's um. So when LeBron leaves, um, because he went AD, you know, it looks like he's going to be signing that $160 million three-year extension. Um, when LeBron leaves and AD is here, what do you think he'll morph into? Will he remain a beta and whatever superstar he get paired with would, would, would be the alpha to Sigma? Do you think he'll morph into a Sigma? Do you think he'll morph into an Alpha? Do you think he'll turn into a... Uh, I don't think he'll be an Omega. Uh, but where do you think he'll fall in line? Uh, I mean, where do you think he'll... What do you think he'll morph into when he becomes that that cornerstone 1A player? Well, hopefully he'll morph into that Alpha. We've seen... We've seen bits and pieces of it this past season. Like, you know, he went on that run, you know, early in the season before before he really got injured. And, you know, I mean, he, he was dominant and really looked like he was ready to kind of take the reins from LeBron. But I feel like I feel like injury and circumstance have kind of like put obstacles in his path at this point. And, you know, I feel like he's trying at this point. And we're, we're not sure. Like the, I would say the jury's still out. Like I'm hopeful that he'll get there, but I think it's fair to say that he's still a beta at this point, you know, because you know, the obstacles still are obstacles and like to be the alpha, you have to kind of overcome the obstacles. So yeah, I think it's fair to say that he's the beta now, but I, I think I have faith that if he can stay healthy, that he will get to be the alpha, but you know, things could possibly change just depending on how the roster changes. Because if you bring on another strong personality, he could easily just kind of assume the beta role again, because he's probably more comfortable in that role. So that's the way I view it. Um, yeah. Okay. All right. Um, I want to, you know, there's lots of players in the NBA and I just want to go through a list, a little short list of them and see where they fall in line with these personality traits. Um, start, so let's start off with uh, Westbrook. We talked about, you know, he was a big um, topic of conversation in last week's episode of meeting of the gold mines. Um, shout out to Cecil for being our uh, special guests. Um, Cecil Williams. Um, Westbrook, where does he fall in line on the personality trait? Uh, so I kind of have him as a sigma. He only and he's a, he's a high achiever. Like he always has a moment where he's 
Um, and again, a lot of Laker fans are going to point to his Laker tenure, but as a Nipper in certain situations, the Wizards is wearing Rockets. He's done, he's a high achiever. Uh, he's very opinionated. He's headstrong. And to a certain extent, like his prototypical, um, his, his, his prototypical um, stature is more like he's just unique. There's no other guard like him other than maybe John Moran, but Russ Westbrook, who he is, he's built different. He has his clothesline. He has certain aspects like he does, and he's very proud. He's proud of his name. He's proud of his fam. Like the, the level of, of pride that, that he carries around, um, especially from his upbringing, from his upbringing to where he came through to just where he is now. Like, yeah, I think he's a Sigma um, for sure. Um, and 2016, I think 2016 was it? Um, I think he was the rock star, the rock star in terms of just like MVP, Mister Triple Double, like. It's just domination to a certain extent. So, uh, but yeah. Uh, so, by the way, then I, F- I know, fucking fucking dogs, man, fucking. Oh, yeah, I, man, I, just, yeah. I, I unbelievable, unbelievable. Um, yeah. Yeah, tell me about it, um, Epic. Evan, Kevin Durant. Where where he falls in line? Because we're talking about all time great talents. But you don't want to. And that. so he went from an MVP in Oklahoma City. He went to the Warriors, where he definitely was. Now you can say he was the best player on the team during those championship years. Wasn't the leader of the team. Wasn't so the alpha. Seven nine Warriors, by the way. Yes, Is absolutely. It? Seven three and seventy three and nine. Uh, what type of personality would join a seven? 73 and 9 team that you were just up 3-1 in a Western Conference Finals. Um then after the Warriors tenure, he goes to uh Brooklyn. Now, from what we heard from reports, is that you know um Kyrie was like kind of like the leader of that team for better or for worse. He kind of followed suit. He followed, he was like, Hey, Kyrie wanted to go to Brooklyn, he went to Brooklyn too. Formed a big, what was supposed to be a big three, with him, Kyrie, and DeAndre, um, DeAndre Jordan. Later on, it was James Harden, who we'll get to in a minute. Now he's with. Now he went to Phoenix. Now he's with Phoenix. Um, you got Devin Booker, got the recently traded Bradley Beal. You know DeAndre Ayton. He's he's younger. He's definitely not like in an alpha role. So what? Where where does Kevin Durant fall in line with this? I see him as an omega. You know, he's he's that kind of like individual. He's a little bit nerdy. You know, he is very he is very straightforward. You know, and he's he's also a little bit childish and messy at times. So like I I think he he does fit the omega prototype to me. Like, you know, he's, he's very, you know, very much kind of, kind of beat to the beat of his own drummer kind of guy, you know? Uh, I agree a hundred percent. No, but I will say he does fit. He does fit Delta pretty cool. 
He's kind of like an introvert to a certain extent. He's yeah. free. He's centered. Like, my God, you don't know who I am? I'm Kevin Durant. <laughs> like, he is, he is centered. Um, yeah, I feel like when he's on his game, he's a Delta. But when he's on Twitter, he's an Omega. <laughs> yeah, so just, yeah. There, there you go. Uh yeah. I guess reading that you're not in someone's top five, you become an omega. Um, let's get through this list. James Harden, Mister Four Burgers himself. Um, ah man, I. Wait, Zen, is this is this updated? What, what do you is mean? This, um, is this graph updated? Like, is there like another one? Because like we we're missing like the M, like the McDouble one. <laughs> the McDouble. <laughs> the McDouble. That is funny. you had me going for a sec. You had me going for a sec. Um, James uh, Harden. Uh, James is a hybrid, Omega and Sigma, in my opinion. Like he's he kind of vacillates between the two. I think there's also a big part of him that's Delta because because yeah, because yeah, there's also the carefree, obviously, you know, four burgers, but it's just like there's also a part of him there's like that passive aggressive, you know, mm-hmm. where you could say, Okay, person that's peaceful, non confrontational, quiet, but you know, it's kinda like okay, passive aggressive. So I I definitely see some de- delta in them as well. Um, yeah, Tony. Yeah, that's fair. Sorry, I was muted. Um, I, I kind of feel like he's a delta because just of the part of the carefree nature, like, like literally, like if you think about it, he is. So carefree, like he. <laughs> I think there's a video of him just. Yeah, that's a good in, point. Like, like there's a video of him what with the burgers now, but there was one with his birthday party where he had like cash and like the dude has made in his career three hundred million dollars. I'm just saying, and he's living life to the max. He's like looking for another contract. He's preparing for the fat suit. He's carefree. Like I, I get the other part of it, but he's like eighty percent carefree, and then the part where he's like a, a goal oriented, then he's like a, uh, from a delta to a gamma to a certain extent, like goal oriented. He's kind of intelligent too. Like on on the court, he's tech, he's clever, tactful. His playmaking is low key, kind of not just because he lost a step or two or gained a few pounds, like. They kind of don't, people don't really respect it, but he is, he still got that. So it's like a, like you guys said, a hybrid, but for me, it's Gamma and Delta, you know, and more Delta than Gamma. That's fair. I like that argument. Yeah, he's definitely, the carefree is, is his trademark for sure. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Here's, here's a good one. Kyrie. Where does he fall on this chart? I it's like on depending on the day of the week, it could be all yeah. six. But <laughs> what where does yep. he fall on this chart? I feel yeah, I feel like it's no, it's no 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 no. 
There's but one. Omega, I think, stronger is. Yeah, it's Omega. There's no, like, I think regardless of where the pendulum kind of swings for, for him, depending on the day, he's always a Omega. Like, skillful, straightforward. He is, to a certain point, when it comes to the basketball court, certain things, he is intelligent, but he's extremely childish. And the messy part is kind of loud. So I, I agree. I think with Kyrie, he's an Omega, but he sees himself as an Alpha or a Sigma, but he's really an Omega. And that's definitely a Kyrie answer right there. Evan, what you thinking? I think we lost Evan for a moment. Uh, his internet probably is restarting. No problem, no problem, Tony. While we continue this, okay. So, yeah, Tony, we talked about Jimmy Butler earlier being sure, um, being an alpha. Now, Dame wants to join. Is trying to do everything in his power to get to Miami. Okay. That yeah. means he would be teaming up with Jimmy Butler. So, one, where do you see Dame in this? And also, wh- what would he need to be? Actually, yeah, this is a better question. What would if Dame makes it to Miami? What would he? What would he need to be to be able to make it work with Jimmy? So. That's a tough one because, like, I feel like Jimmy is an alpha, but he's not, like, during the season, during certain, like, even spurts, like, if we're talking strictly basketball, he isn't this guy where he's like, you know what, let me let me be the alpha, and I'm always going to be the alpha. He does turn sometimes into the beta of, of, of the offense, like the supportive, um, like, and basically most of it is just, like, trying to relax himself, but he's always, he's always had the bait, the alpha mentality and Dane though, uh, because Dane can be an alpha at times, but most of the times, in my opinion, he's more like more of like this mix of Delta and Sigma. You could say like he's, 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 uh, he's centered. It's kind of like an introvert, but at the same time, like he's very proud of of what he's done, and, and which rightfully so to a certain extent. But right, but to a certain extent, like it's been what how many like a decade of like I'm not leaving, I'm not living, no. like and then out of nowhere, it's like you know what, like yeah, it's time to leave. It's like what, <laughs> like and and um. Yeah, he's very opinionated. So for it to work, though, like you kind of need him to be a designated Sigma, um, but at the same time be a beta. Like you kind of have to be a beta. Very true. I don't see, I I, I don't see, man, Jimmy, one of the two has to turn into a beta. If not, we're going to see that rare occurrence of just like they are, they're both alphas or they're both like, trying to compete or it's it's a weird situation but they're both asking for Matt like both are asking for it so let's see right. if we can make it work absolutely all right i got two more names for you 
um, for, as we wrap up this segment. Julius Randle, to all, because uh, Tony, I know, I know the love affair you have with uh, hashtag New York Forever, the New York Knicks faithful. There is no, there is no love affair. There is no, <laughs> there is none, none whatsoever. And honestly, it's it's just here's here's the thing about and, and just just a little just a little insight on that just to clarify the record i have no problems with the nick fans it's just like you guys had two weeks of ob topping funerals two weeks i was like in the morning working i'm like what what you guys are crying like Putting to bed, like there was one that was putting to bed Obi when a funeral for for Obi. I'm like, oh my god, just let him. Pee. Like, what has Obi done to you guys? <laughs> Again, that's why I was like, but yeah, what? I don't know. The rando. Um, I'm gonna be honest for Randall. Um, oh boy. Omega, there is skill. He's very straightforward for, for what it is. But man, is he childish. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, he's not, sometimes he's not mature enough. He can, he wants to be the alpha. He wants to be certain things that he's just not at times. Like, Randall is this guy that just... He has he has talent. He is a great he like he does great thin things on the offensive end, but he's he's reached this plateau where it's all on the he doesn't play make the ball kind of dies with him, and sometimes like if he has an off night or whatnot, like it just I don't know I don't, he's a he could be a great beta. That's all I'm gonna say. Like he, he could be a great beta, but he's for me, he's right there as an omega. And if we classify this at columns, then childish and anger management issues. So whatever you want to qual- qualify that as. Yeah, you know, when it comes to Julius Randle, I think when he got to New York and he was the guy there, he you know, you can say he was anywhere between a sigma and alpha, especially when the team went to the playoffs. Ultimately lost to Trey Young and the uh, Atlanta Hawks. But I think since Jalen Brunson got there, and you can see he became the leader of the team, you can argue that he's the best player on the court. Now, we also, like folks that don't know, Jalen Brunson has a lot of family connections. You know, it's almost as if they're, you know, the Knicks gave him, took the keys from Randall and gave it to Brunson, like, um, you know, his, his pops, uh, Jalen Brunson's father, um, is like a consultant on the team. Um, he, you know, Leon Rose is practically his godfather. Uh, I believe Leon Rose's son is Jalen Brunson's agent. Like I'm telling you, it's like nothing but family connections. And we really seen how Julius Randall, his, is um, his personality came out like, you know, elements of his personality where he was, um, you know, 
different arguments on the court arguments, nearly fights with teammates. Uh, we saw that last game against the, um, I think it was what game six, the last game that they had against the heat in the playoffs, you know, Jalen Brunson dropped 45 Julian uh, Randall huh, wasn't anywhere to really be found. Um, so, uh, but last name, the last name on this list, probably my favorite player in the end in the NBA. And uh, I want to start off with Evan on this Luca. Where does he fall on this chart? Well, to me, Luca is definitely an alpha. I, I see Luca as the alpha. He's he is that rock star. He's he's charming. Yeah, and he is strong willed. So yeah, I, I definitely see him as the alpha. Now I can see him, you know, sometimes slide into the Omega, you know, especially you know, being childish and complaining about the refs and stuff like that. But yeah, he's he's definitely an alpha to me. Well, definitely. And I, it'll be interesting. We, you know, Kyrie re-signed for the Max with the Mavericks. This is going to be their first full season together. It will be really interesting where those personalities um, line up. Um, you know, we definitely can't have both of them be Omegas. So uh, it'll be interesting. Who would, Who is going to be the Sigma? Who's going to be the Alpha? You know, is one of them going to fall into some Omega ways? Um, that's going to be interesting. Um, but... Yeah, it's been one hell of a conversation, really dissecting the personalities of the uh, of the players. Um, and yeah, so we'll see how these personalities uh, mesh, um, you know, for the Lake show and, you know, for the other teams. But definitely for the Lakers, um, especially with the new players that we got, um, lots of new players. Um, so. But yeah, um you know, every every show, every episode of Meeting of the Gold Mines, we like to uh, close things out talking about what we're watching, um, you know, on TV. As of right now, so, uh, July 23rd, um, there are two strikes going on in Hollywood. The, the strikes continue uh, with um, SAG, you know, Screen Actors Guild, um, union and the Writers Guild Union WGA. So, any new shows uh, this upcoming fall? So, a lot of folks are, you know, like myself, is going back to those play uh, our watch lists, those ever expanding watch lists on streaming services. So, um, Tony, what are you watching? What do you got? What are you watching? Um, shit. So I'm watching right now the the final season of uh, Jack Ryan uh, in 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 Prime. Also, I'm watching. There's an episode that they released for. I, I've started it, but I haven't finished it. Uh, the Invincibles that supposedly is gonna is gonna be starting up. I think it's fall. Like it's like uh, season two is gonna drop uh, this this fall. Um, other than that, I'm waiting on uh, Secret Invasion to kind of do its thing, finish off, so I can start from the beginning to the end. Because like it's it's just it's it shows to me like that series where you can't like I can't 
I'm sorry. Like, it's not what I expected. It's cool, but I kind of have to watch it probably from the beginning to end and kind of get the whole gist of it. Yeah, I've been watching that. I've been watching Secret Invasion weekly, every episode. And uh, this upcoming episode, this upcoming Wednesday will be the, I guess, uh, maybe the season finale. You know, we don't know how Disney's structuring this, if this is a limited series, but it's going to be the last episode. Well, did um, you hear the, the news about it, though? What? So, supposed to, so Disney has been taking some major L's, like. Yeah, L after L after like the Indiana yep. Jones is probably their biggest flop. Yeah, I think they one reports of like a franchise history or something like that. Where wow, like, like it's it's three hundred like they're losing. It's not that they've invested. No, they are losing three hundred million dollars. Like make that make sense. And and the other one was um, Secret Invasion is their lowest viewed. Um, Marvel show. Yeah, look, it's been uh, it's been a struggle. It's been a struggle to watch. Uh, I there's still a thing where you watch it because you just want to because at any given moment, you know, there could be a surprise or it, how does this connect to the next thing? And you know, um, I think the next Avenger movie. Is um or this one of the upcoming Avengers movies because they announced two is uh the Secret Wars. So this is gonna connect to that. So it's like okay, you're gonna have to watch this show so you're so it makes sense when you watch Secret Wars. Um so it's gonna be interesting how you know at this point it's been like I said, it's been a struggle to watch this show, but I keep up to date with it for the MCU standpoint. Um, but it's, yeah, it's been rough. Uh, I still like the show. I thought I would love it, but I like it. Um, you know, definitely not as much action as you would want. Uh, but yeah, I think, you know, Bob Iger, um, you know, chairman of Disney was saying that, you know, they kind of oversaturated the market and it was like the, the content was coming out too frequently. So if you're telling me I get one less or two less Marvel shows a year uh, and it leads out to better quality, so be it. I'm with it. Um, Evan, what are you watching? Well, I've also been watching Secret Invasion, and I've been enjoying it. Um, but the the one that I've also recently just watched that I really enjoyed was on Netflix – um, a documentary about um, American Gladiators, and that was, that I was really, really good. Like, you know, a lot of like, you know, good stories that we don't know about. You know, as well as like, you know, it's it's just a good picture of what you know any high level athlete you know has to go through, and like you know what they put their bodies through and stuff like that. And, you know, they even touch on, you know, the steroid use a little bit and stuff. And, yeah, it was just – it was really entertaining and fun and funny. And, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Like, because, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed that silly show when it first came out. And yeah, so that that was a fun watch. Nice, nice. Um, So, yeah, I'm watching um, Secret Invasion. Uh, bunch. So when it comes to my watch list, so – 
speaking of the Lakers, what I uh, I I think it's what the first weekend of August or within the next couple of weeks of uh, this recording, second season of Winning Time is coming out on uh, Max. Now I haven't seen any episode. I didn't see the first season, so what I I, I think starting I don't know within the next couple of days I'm gonna start watching the first season, so I'm caught up to date. Uh, one thing that I would really love is because uh, I know it comes out Sunday nights. If you know to line up our recordings where we can give the episodic reviews of um of the show of each episode. Since we record Sunday nights and the show comes on Sunday night, so hopefully we'll be able to line that up. But I'm yeah, I'm looking forward to catching up on the first season, so I'm you know uh, good to go for the second season. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, and that American Gladiators is definitely on my watch list. Um, so yeah, I think right now I'm like finishing up like it's like background TV, but I'm like finishing up like the past MTV challenges. It's cool to play in the background. Don't have to necessarily 100% focus on it. It's mindless. Doesn't take too much brain matter. So, um, so yeah. But um, Evan, uh, thank you so much, man. Like, like I said, man, you are one of the just kindest guys, funniest guys, um, you know, that we know. That's on NBA Twitter. Um, you are one hell of a writer for a late night lake show. Um, so man, thank you for joining us. And this is, you know, hopefully this is definitely not the last time. And we'll be seeing you join up with us sooner than later, man. Definitely. Yeah. Anytime, guys. Like I I love being here with you guys. You guys are a lot of fun. And like, yeah, I had a as usual, another great conversation. So Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Um, Tony, got any cool words to uh, close us out with? Uh, Yeah. Cool words is, by the way, we also have a website. It's up. It's running. It's there. It's in in the internet Netherlands or whatever you want to call it. Um, Other than that, uh, I do appreciate everybody. Please, like, for Apple, for the algorithm, for anything, like, just leave a review, leave a comment. I don't know. You don't, don't, like, should I clean my office? I don't know. Just say it. Um, Other than that, um, I do think we're in the precipice of the end of Marvel. Sorry to say it, but for the next episode of Purple and Gold Mines, we're probably going to say something about that or host something on playback where you can watch us talk about something. But hey, mission accomplished. Zen, I gained an F1 brother. So he gained on. an F1 brother. Just yeah. unbelievable. Unbelievable. I just need to convert Evan and, and I can and I can raise my my mm. my army of F1 brothers. So I yeah. remember telling someone specifically. I would cross dress before. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Before watching F1, wow! Just where's my heels? Good yeah, thing. Say, we get you dressed now. Huh? Where's yeah. my heels? Where's my heels? Not that there's anything wrong with that, but man, where's my heels? But, yeah, uh, well, yeah, hey. looking forward to it. Um, yeah, this has been one hell of a show. Last but not least, everyone, once again, follow us.
um, at Purple Gold Mines. That's on at Purple Gold Mines, M-I-N-D-S, at Twitter, YouTube, Threads, Instagram. Also, we have a website, purplegoldmines.com. Merch is coming soon. Um, We got a month of Mamba coming up in August at Folks. It's going to be some great content um, daily, every single day. Um, So, yeah, keep a lookout for that in the next week or so. And thank you so much for listening. We will be back next week, Episode 4, Meeting of the Gold Mines. Sayonara, folks. Thank you. Sayonara.